welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. It is my joy this weekend to introduce a very good friend of mine. Uh, his name is Dr. Barnabas Mtokambali, and he comes from Tanzania, Africa. And you can see on the screen behind me, I want you to see this. I asked them to put this picture up. This is a 5,000-seat church that River Valley built in Tanzania, in Dodoma, through Kingdom Builders. Isn't that amazing? Our church, along with another church in Texas, over four years, gave over $100,000 a year, almost a million dollars, to make that happen. They used people from the congregation and from the community to do all the heavy lifting as much as they could, and that was on the dedication weekend, and uh, it was such a joy. They filled that place. It's too small. It's too small. There are thousands more waiting to get in. And uh, this August, I'm going back to dedicate a multiple, I believe a five or six story seminary that we helped to build to train pastors all around Tanzania. And I don't want to take any more time, but I want you to know this man is an apostle. This man is a pastor. This man is a leader. He leads the Assemblies of God in Tanzania and is uh, a leader over the entire continent of Africa. So here at all of our campuses, can you welcome with me Dr. Barnabas Mtokambali? Beautiful. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. You may get seated, please. I greet you all in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I count it as great privilege and a wonderful honor to be in this great and a wonderful church of River Valley. I'm so grateful to our beloved pastor and his wife and for the entire church leadership for extending your invitation for me to come and share with you Today. The title of our sharing is Passion for Harvest. Passion for Harvest. And our text is the book of Luke, chapter 19 and verse 10. The book of Luke, chapter 19 and verse 10. The Bible states, For the Son of Man, came to seek and to save what was lost. Let us pray. Father, empower me now as I share your word. Open our hearts so that your word will be imprinted in us and cause us to reach our world with the gospel in your name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. For the Son of Man 
came to seek and to save what was lost. Passion for harvest. God desires that everyone be reached with the life-transforming power of the gospel. God looks for men and women who share a passion for those people without Christ. The Bible states that Jesus came to seek and to save what was lost. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4, the Bible states, God wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of truth. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, the Bible also states, God does not want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Everyone means everyone. I pray that you will fully experience God's passion for millions and the billions around the world who are still waiting to hear that they too are loved by God. I pray that God's passion for harvest become our passion. You see, God's vision for us as a church is to be more passionate for the harvest. The person who is passionate for souls is the one who is connected with God through caring for the lost through evangelism. You see, God is out there looking for men and the women who are biblically committed to receive a great vision from him, to set goals, create strategies, overcome obstacles, people who will mobilize the church to reach our world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. In today's message, we will look at two things. First, the meaning of passion. And second, we will review the historical examples of passion for harvest. First, what is passion? And we will define passion in two ways. First, by looking at the general definition. And second, by looking at the biblical definition. Let us start by looking the general definition. The root word of passion in Latin means 
to suffer for, to suffer for. Passion is what you are hunger. You hunger for so intensely that you will sacrifice anything to have it. Passion is what you hunger for so intensely that you will sacrifice anything to have it. Passion is force burning in you, which literally seizes you, captures you. You become captivated by it. Passion is power that moves you beyond ordinary human activity. You see, we are tired with ordinary harvest. It's time now that we move into extraordinary harvest. Passion will not let you go until God's goals are reached. And we know God's goals. God wants all men to be saved. Passion is the fire and the urgency that vision needs to remain alive and active until God's goals for harvest is reached. Let us look at biblical definition of passion. For, a post, for prophet Jeremiah, for prophet Jeremiah, passion is a fire that comes from God and cannot be extinguished until God's goals are reached. In Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 9, the Bible states, But if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. For Apostle Peter, passion is a compelling conviction that has to be obeyed no matter the circumstances. Compelling conviction that has to be obeyed no matter the consequence and no matter the circumstances. In Acts chapter 4, verses 18 to 20, the Bible states, the Sanhedrin, they called in again and they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, judge for yourself whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. And so Peter and John continued to preach the gospel, and we are told they were able to turn their world upside down. For Apostle Paul, passion 
is a crucified life lived by faith in Christ. A crucified life lived by faith in Christ. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, the Bible declares, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord, I pray that we as a church, both individually and corporately, we can identify with Prophet Jeremiah, with Apostle Peter, and also with Apostle Paul. I pray that our soul be filled with passion of soul winning, and may the fire of the Holy Spirit keep burning in us until God's goals of winning the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is reached. Second, let us now look at historical examples of passion. You see, sometime when we talk about prophets, we talk about apostles, you know, there is a tendency to say, you know, they are, they are apostles anyway, they are, they are prophets anyway. Uh, what do you expect from them? <laughs> But when you read the church history, we find that there are men and women who had flesh and blood like us. Men and women who had the same weakness like us, but they were baptized with passion for harvest. And God used them literally to transform our world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe after we finish looking at them, no one will have an excuse at all. <laughs> Historical examples of passion. Church historians tell us that in the 18th century, God worked mightily through a group of passionate European leaders to win millions of souls to Christ. Their passionate influence helped the church to take the gospel around the world and literally change the cause of world history. Some of those men, one of them is John Wesley. John Wesley is known in church history to be a leader of revival in England and also in the United States. And this is what he declared. Let us all be of one business. We live only for this, 
to save our souls and the souls of those who hear us. Let us all be of one business. We live only for this, to save our souls and the souls of those who hear us. God used John Wesley to bring a revival and a transformation in England and the United States. And today, we are told more than 60 million people all over the world owe their spiritual heritage to this great, passionate movement. The second historical example of passion is of a man by the name John Knox. John Knox is known to be a leader of revival in Scotland. Church history tells us when John Knox's wife pleaded with him to get some sleep, my husband, John Knox's wife, pleaded with John Knox, you have been praying all night, all day. Why don't you come and rest and have some sleep? John Knox answered back to his wife, how can I sleep when my land is not saved? What a passion. How can I sleep when my land is not saved? Church history goes on to tell us he would often pray all night in agonizing tones, Lord, give me Scotland or I die. Lord, give me Scotland or I die. What a passion. Indeed, God shook Scotland. Indeed, God gave him Scotland. The third historical example of passion is a person by the name George Whitefield. Church historians tell us in the 18th century, he was mightily used in evangelistic work, both in the United Kingdom and here in the United States. Whitefield prayed so often, out loudly, and this is how he prayed. Oh Lord, give me souls or take my soul. Oh Lord, give me souls or take my soul. For him, to live meant people moving, being transferred from the kingdom of darkness unto the kingdom of light, from the kingdom of Satan unto the kingdom 
of our Lord and Savior. If that was not happening, if souls were not being saved, then living for him had no meaning. It's better to die than to live. For life, for him, was about winning souls. And so he prayed, Lord, give me souls or take my soul. It is said that his face shone like the face of Moses when he prayed that prayer. The fourth historical example of passion is a person by the name William Booth. Booth is, now, is known in church history to be the founder of Salvation Army. Booth was once invited by the king of England in overall mansion of the king for a meal. And as they were enjoying the meal with the king, then the king of England asked Brother Booth a question. And the question is, what is the passion of his life? What is the passion of his life? And the Booth replied, Sir, some man's passion is for fame. And others' people's passion is for money. And other people's passion is for power and position. But my passion, he said, is souls. Will you turn to your neighbor, right or left, and ask him or her, what is your passion? What is your passion? What did he say? McDonald's? <laughs> May God help us. May God help us. Beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. We have just taken Holy Communion today. He did shed his blood and his body was bruised to save that which is lost. And that remains to be the primary purpose of our being, the primary reason of our existence here as the body of Christ. God desires that everyone be reached with the life-transforming power of the gospel. The missiologists tell us about the remaining task. 
the missions scholars. As we speak right now, world population is 7.83 billion people, of which 3.29 billions, about 42% of the world population are still unreached. They remain to be reached and are still asking the question, who is Jesus? The Bible clearly tells us that the field are ripe for harvest. In John chapter 4, verses 35 to 36, do you not say, for month more and then the harvest, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields, they are ripe for harvest. Even now, the reaper draws his wages, even now, he harvests the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. I want to ask you, whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. And the report of the Lord says, Minneapolis, Minnesota, United States of America, Tanzania, and the whole wide world is ripe for harvest. <laughs> the Bible also tells us the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. In Matthew chapter 9, verses 36 to 38, the Bible states, when he saw the cloud, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Again, whose report will you believe? I believe the report of the Lord. And the report of the Lord says, the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. Beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord, the Gospels indicate that Jesus had compassion for the needy people. And when he saw them, he did something about it. For we read in the Gospels, when Jesus saw Zacchaeus, he saw a soul in need of salvation. He had compassion on him and he did something about it. When he saw blind Bartimaeus, he saw a soul in need of a miracle, and Jesus did something about it. When he saw a woman with a bleeding disorder, he saw a soul in need of healing, and Jesus did something about it. 
When he saw Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, he saw souls in need of supernatural intervention. Jesus had compassion on them, and he did something about it. He didn't see the needy people as others saw them. He saw them as people whom he came to save, whom he came to heal, whom he came to deliver, and he did something about it. Today, all over the world, we have people who are lonely souls, the lost souls, disappointed souls, rejected souls, angry souls, hurting souls. They all need to be saved. Today, here in Minneapolis and all over United States, in Tanzania and around the world, we have people who are humanist, secularist, sensualist, liberalist, drug addict, agnostics, atheists, false religion followers, greedy and violent people, abortionists, adulterers, and the list goes on and on and on. They all have one thing in common. They need to be saved. They need to be reached with the life-transforming power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus came for needy people who sit in sin so that they might be brought out of sin and unto his glorious salvation. That's why Jesus commanded us in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord, I pray for us today that we will fully experience God's passion for the harvest in our life. Passion comes from God. We cannot light this fire in ourselves. We cannot produce it. No man can kindle it in himself, that celestial fire. It must come from the coal, from the altar above. That's why in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 8, Jesus states, keep asking and it will be given to you. Keep seeking and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be opened to you. And in James chapter 1, verse 7, the Bible states, every good and a perfect gift come from God. And I believe, since God's passion is for the lost, God is more than ready to give us his heart of passion for the harvest. In Tanzania, God is reigniting 
the Tanzania Assemblies of God Church, with godly passion for great harvest of winning the lost world with the gospel than ever before. We use church planting as our main means of doing evangelism. And we have seen to be very effective. Our goals in the next 13 years, 2020 to 2033, is to raise 35,000 new pastors, to plant 30,000 new churches, to reach out and add 7.7 million new members in our churches. Beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord, and we will see Tanzania reached for Jesus because of your partnership, because of your prayers and your support. Our strategy of church planting is very simple. We train a church planter and plant him in an unreached area and he or she becomes a spark of a new church. Let me tell you a story of one of our church planters who had great passion of harvest. The Lord called our church planter, Thomas and his wife, to go and plant a new church on the slope of Mount Kilimanjaro in an area called Rombo. As they were going on with the work, one night, the Lord awakened Thomas to take his wife and go high up the mountain to pray an overnight prayer. They both obeyed, left the house, and went to pray. And as they prayed, they saw their enemies from another religious group came to their house, barred the doors, and set fire to the thatch roof. Thomas and his wife lost everything, but thank God their lives were spared. The villagers thought they have been already dead because of the fire. When they walked through the village the next morning, most villagers thought they were seeing ghosts. The fire caused a great loss, but the safety of Thomas and his wife caused the people to listen to his bold proclamation of the gospel. And as the result of that, several people on the slope of mountain Kilimanjaro received Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior. And now, from this church alone, 30 new churches were planted. And the 30 new churches reached out, and they have planted a hundred and 72 
new daughter congregation spread all over. <laughs> to God be the glory. As I conclude, I ask that God fill us with his passion from on high, just as he did to our church planter Thomas, just as he did to prophet Jeremiah, Apostle Peter, and Apostle Paul. I ask that God fill us with the passion from on high, just as he did to brother John Wesley, John Knoxie, George Whitefield, and also brother William Booth. For our God is not respecter of a person. He filled them with a passion for harvest, and they were used mightily. Remember that our God is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. He can fill us too with the same passion. It is my prayer that as we go out this day, each one of us, we will renew our commitment. We will renew our determination to win Minnesota, United States, Tanzania, and the whole wide world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I charge you in Jesus' name, go and speak life where there is death. Go and speak life where there is death. Go and speak love where there is hate. Go and speak truth where there is lies. Go and speak light where there is darkness. Go and speak salvation where there is sin. Go and speak hope where there is fear. Go and speak healing where there is sickness and the diseases. Go and speak freedom where there is addiction. Go and speak resurrection where there is death. Go and speak new creation where there is destruction and the decay. For behold, the old things passes away and the Christ make all things anew. For I believe, for I believe with all my heart, not a single individual in this world is beyond the help of our almighty God. For God's power far surpasses any other power in the universe. God's authority surpasses any other authority in the universe. And God's greatness surpasses any other greatness in the universe. And that's why I believe Jesus and the only Jesus is the true answer for our world today. Let us give him honor and the glory in the house of the Lord.